Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above. We're actually taking a look today ahead at the month of October. As you can see, I have my friend Tam Veyu of the Energy Almanac with me today. Hello, Tam, and welcome. Hi, Janet. I'm excited to be here again. I swear that month went by so fast. Oh my God, month after month, it's just like, it's crazy fast. I'm with you. It's crazy fast. And I mean, I, I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think time really is speeding up. That's what I say. I, I, I was torn between is time speeding up or is it that I just pack so much into any given day? Oh. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it does seem like, you know, the like the calendar sheets are just flipping on by. Janet, I don't like it when you point the finger back at myself for packing in my days. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't not pack. I mean, if people want me, I've got to be available. So, you know, and it's not, you know, I'm not working any more than what my husband works, right, at his, his regular job. Or that, you know, anybody else does. In fact, I think some days, you know, I have it pretty easy for, you know, the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think it's up to me about the, the calendar flying. It just seems like time is, you know, moving on a fast train. I I totally agree with that sentiment. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Now, this morning, I just want to say, take a shout out to all of those people in, well, Cuba had been affected and Florida is now in the crosshairs of... Yeah. I think it's Hurricane Ian. So let's just give out prayers and good thoughts to that whole coastline so that we can have as little impact as possible. I think now it's up to a category five. Oh, is it moved up to a category five? It oh, had 155 miles an hour this morning oh. when I checked last. And I think that's just right on the edge of uh, four and five. Wow. So let's I... hope it doesn't get any stronger. Yeah, last I knew it was a cat three. So I'm I'm sad to hear it's a cat five. It surely is a dangerous thing. And in our chat, they're talking about please pray for everybody in the path of that. And for sure, like Definitely. prayers grow out for safety and protection for all those people. Yeah. And you know, I often wonder if there's an astrological, I I know there is, mm. if there's an astrological um component to our weather. And one of the biggest components that I see now, and it's getting closer and closer, is the next Saturn-Uranus square. Oh. And Saturn is, I think, in most astrologers' estimation, the one we look to for weather here on Earth. Yes. And he's been in an air sign. And air, of course, you know, is pretty much uh, winds and all of that. But it, there seems to be a lot of water around mm -hmm. on the planet. I mean, all summer long, we heard about flooding in uh, the different states, you know, that don't normally flood that time of year. I mean, it was just, it's been very interesting. And I haven't yet been able to pinpoint what's going on in the astrological weather, except that, you know, it is a sort of reflection of what's all going on with each of us. For sure. But also, I, I definitely agree with that part. The emotions inside of us are welling up and bubbling over. But also, yeah. Saturn is in Aquarius. I'm looking at my chart. Saturn is in Aquarius, mm -hmm. in a water sign. So, no, oh, Aquarius air is air. Sign, an air sign. Never mind. But he is the water bearer. He is the water you know, bearer, right? Yeah. And what's interesting about Aquarius is we all look at those lines. You know, when you look at the symbol right. for Aquarius, it's the lines. Right. And people often think, oh, that's water. It isn't. Yeah. No, what it, it is is interference. Yeah. Interference lines, and interference meaning you know anything that moves through that sign gets interfered with, mm -hmm. or is you know interfering in a way that is creating change. So that's the whole hallmark of Aquarian energy is to bring revolution or rebellion or bring out a uniqueness something new so I thought of the lines as invisible waves uh like thought waves or intuitive waves but waves that can be interfered with certainly yeah or they are interfering <laughs> or, they, yeah, or right. they are interfering right 
Sure. Right. So, so the interference then in an air sign would be an upset into the way we think, mm. um, the way our mind works, yep. uh, the communication, perhaps even, even though it's not specific to communication, but uh, all of the, the different ways in which we uh, organize our thoughts and, and how we, you know, our thoughts are often the way that we see the world, right? So the way we see the world is based on how we think about the world. Yep. Uh, or ourselves, that kind of thing. So those interference lines can sometimes disrupt enough to make change possible, but other times it erupts into chaos. <laughs> sure. So we get both. We get both chaos and disruption that's positive. And last night, you know, my daughter's getting married this weekend. Oh, congrats. On Sunday. And she called me last night. I could tell she was near tears because of course, you know, as the closer you get to a wedding or a big event, the more things get disrupted. And the uh, person that was going to marry them is now positive for COVID and very ill. So she's like, mom, do you think dad would marry us? I'm like, are you kidding me? He wanted to marry you right from the start and you know someone else. I mean, I didn't say that to her, but um, I said, I I don't think that'll be a problem here. I'll let you talk to him. So I hand the phone to my husband and he's like, you want me to marry you? (laughs) It was perfect, but you know, that's the kind of chaos type things that happen. And of course, a big event that always, you know, there's always something, something chaotic that's going to happen. Um, And of course, then that means also out in the world that, you know, we're affected by these varying interference waves that come in. Mm -hmm. And I think October, and you're going to back this up, I'm sure, is one of those interference-like months. Agreed. Agreed. One of the key words that we picked in the Energy Almanac um, for the month of October is diplomacy. And and do I think of diplomacy as when when something such as interference occurs, your best bet is diplomacy or neutrality. I could have chose the word neutrality, but I yeah, it's going to be an interesting month, isn't it? Uh huh. Indeed. So let's dive in, shall we? Because October is a fairly long month. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of things that we could possibly talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the astrology hat and I'll just chime in. And yeah. then I'm going to work on the human design part because it's yeah. also extremely interesting for the month of October. So why don't you start? What's the first thing that grabbed your attention for this Absolutely. month? Absolutely, I want everybody to know that I'm working out of the Energy Almanac for 2022. And of course, we have our beautiful illustration page with the keywords. The three keywords that I chose for the month were learning, because we're going to learn a lot about ourselves, about humanity, about how we play together in the sandbox of life, um, implementation. And that is relative to all the planets going direct, not all the planets, several planets turning direct yeah. this month. And of course, diplomacy which refers back to make tea, not war this month. <laughs> well, it's, also um, a Libra. it's a Libra oriented month. By yes. the way, Tam had a birthday. So everybody, happy birthday to Tam. Oh, thanks. And that was last week, I know, but whatever. And uh, so carry on. Uh, yes, thank you for that. Thank you for the shout out. I love that. Uh, today is another important day for me, which I'll share at the end when we close things up. Um, so the, some of the highlights that I picked out that I wanted to share that a lot of people probably are looking forward to. I know that I am. Mercury is going to station direct (laughs) in the sign of Virgo on October 2nd, which is this coming Sunday. Um, I myself have never had it so bad with technology as the last few weeks. Yesterday, not joking, my computer just shut down on its own three times. Not once, not twice, but three times in the middle of my work. was it updated or no reason? No, just to make me upset, I guess, you know. Um, so looking forward to, to the uh, changing direction of Mercury and bringing us a little maybe added clarity because hopefully we've done some of that retrograde work of looking back at service to others, martyrdom, um, health, work, those kinds of topics. So Mercury going direct is a big deal. Um The second day that I've picked up is October 7th, uh, when Mercury trines Pluto. Pluto's going to go direct the next day, but if we can collectively use some of that Mercury thinking, analytical energy 
to look at the changes that have been going on. I love that. Um, do you have additional thoughts about Mercury trine Pluto? You know, Mercury trine Pluto is always going to be have a powerful impact on our minds. Yeah. Now, you know, we got to also look back because, you know, Mercury having just turned direct is now moving back through territory he's already been in. Mm -hmm. So we may have a very positive, impactful way of looking at our old thoughts mm. and ways in which we disempowered ourselves so that we can really change our thoughts for the better. You know, who's thinking your thoughts? I always want to ask that question to people when they're saying, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm like, well, who do you think is thinking? Who's controlling that? <laughs> right. It's not some puppet master, you know, that is telling you that you've got to keep thinking about all the losses you've had in your life or whatever it is. Right. So um, I think with Pluto turning direct, we begin to take that inner power and Mercury helping us with this also being direct. And then we begin to put it out into the world again, right? right? It's not so much we're changing on the inside. It'll be expressing our power individually Absolutely. and collectively in the outer world again. So Exactly. I, I love October 7th and 8th for those changes. The fact that Pluto will go direct um, on the 8th, you know, continuing that journey of uh, rebirthing both ourselves and our power and on the larger stage, the world changes that are happening, our government, our healthcare, our education systems, you know, the big box, the big box of the world, I like to say, you know, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing the progression of that. I know that change is hard. I get it. I'm going through my own personal changes. It's hard, but so necessary. I think it's time to close the divide. And I'm looking, I'm absolutely excited about Pluto leaving Capricorn, but. <laughs> um, Me too, because it's sitting on top of my Cap my Saturn in Capricorn. Oh, is it really? Wow. Oh God, yes. And opposing my natal, my natal uh, rising sign. They're all right there together. Hello. Really going through it, aren't you? Wow. It, but in a good way, it's been positive. It's sure. just pressure. Pressure. Yeah. Cosmic th Saturn. I like the cosmic thumb. Yep. Let's push her down just a little bit more. <laughs> Let's just squeeze her into that new channel. <laughs> oh, well, we've got the two moons. We'll talk, maybe talk about those separately. Let's talk about the next one going direct, which is going to be the October 22nd when Saturn, our cosmic thumb, huh? stations direct. Um, and now we have maybe more management, more discipline. Um, we've learned lessons and now let's bring those into the outer world and let's, let's innovate differently. Let's, mm -hmm. uh, let's do humanitarianism differently. Like we've learned so much with Saturn and Aquarius so much. It's been so powerful. I'm not quite sure everybody is really grasping the importance of what we've learned over the last 20 months or whatever it's been. Um, so Saturn's going to station direct on the 22nd. So again, more outward motion, more getting to see in the outer world what the changes might be. We just talked about Saturn um, having an influence over the weather. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you do know where, where it's going from retrograde to stationing direct. Is that going to have a bigger impact on our weather? Well, anytime a planet changes direction, it does impact us. What I think is also interesting about Saturn turning direct is it does so on the same day that Mercury is in a trine to it. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't make and, that. Okay. You know, so we had Pluto and Mercury in a trine mm -hmm. the day that Mercury changed or the day that Pluto goes into a direct. Mm -hmm. And now we have that influence as well with Saturn turning direct. I'm like, is that a cosmic joke, right? <laughs> The big impact is going to be on how we're thinking and what we're, you know, how and what we're thinking about. And I think, you know, Saturn, anytime a planet does change direction, it can impact our weather. And what, as above, so below. So if we're going through chaos down here uh, as an impact of a planet changing direction, then the outer world, Usually we see it in the weather or we see it in the government or some kind of world event, an earthquake, fire, flood, those kinds of things are reflections of these bigger changes. Mm. But, you know, that means that 
you know, we're still with a lot of air focus. At that point, Mercury's moved back into Libra. Okay. So, ta-da, the mind. The mind is going to be busy, but I hope, I mean, I hope that we're using that to really think about or analyze. He's like, what can we do differently? We yeah. have retrograde period. What can we do differently? Yeah. This opportunity. It is. It's a big one. You know, the thing is that this is Saturn's last retrograde in Aquarius. Oh, thank God. Because as we move into 2023, he moves out of Aquarius and into Pisces. Exactly. Now that's going to be an interesting thing to talk about, yes. <laughs> but yes. not today. Right. <laughs> but so we're, we're buttoning up our lessons, if you will, that are a part of Aquarius, which is about taking on innovation, mm-hmm. looking at a new direction, mm-hmm. letting go of anything that no longer serves humanity, right. because it's a big humanity focus. And yet, with Saturn being the planet that's there, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We still want to hold on to some of our cherished beliefs or some of our cherished traditions, mm-hmm. but we want to mold them in a way that moves us forward. Right. Futuristic. So that's tricky. It's tricky because, you know, you and I can do that as individuals probably pretty easily, but you're taking an entire collective and moving it forward. Right. Eek. And you can see the kicking and screaming going on, right? <laughs> yeah, these um, outer planets transits are, I mean, I, I said it this morning. I did an Instagram live. I'm like, we are so lucky to be alive during this time. We get the opportunity to influence the change that's going to last and be here for the next long while, a long while. The changes that should happen over the next few months are going to be long lasting, I think. Yeah. I, I, I hope we can all put our best foot forward. And if it's good for me, it's good for we, Aquarian, right? Me, we. Yeah. Me, we. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be one, two, three retrogrades down. Yes. We and, get to that point in the month. Yeah. Then we, then we have that other kind of retrograde, which is Mars. But we can talk about that after. Let's talk about October 11 and 12, right? Okay. What what about them tickles your fancy? Well, a mood tickles my fancy. It's just that there's a lot going on, right? Yeah, yeah. I, have to, I have to read my notes. So pardon me. Okay. Sun trine Saturn, right? Yep. Mars square Neptune. Uh-huh. Mercury opposite Jupiter. Correct. So there's a lot going on for, for a couple yes. of days. The moon conjunct Uranus. And what, what did I miss? The, the moon. In, on oh. the day that the sun trines uh, Saturn and Mars squares Neptune, the moon is conjunct Uranus. That's good. See, I missed that one. I love that we do this together. So I get to yeah. learn. Well, I mean, because the moon is moving fairly quickly, it is just a few hours sort of event, but it adds fuel to the fire. I love that Uranus for a little revelation, huh? <laughs> right. A little bit of shake up, a little bit of wake up. <laughs> well, exactly. So my, the, the little like phrases that I have for these, you know, uh, beneficial partnerships, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, deceitful actions, maybe. <laughs> Diplomatic discussions can be tense. So diplomacy, right? <laughs> right, right. That yeah. diplomacy thing comes up. Um, I would love to hear your in-depth take on what these are really, because I mean, you're, you're the master astrologer, not me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, this band of time. Well, first of all, I, I if you look at it from the point of view that on the day before, so the 10th of October, Mercury moves into Libra. Mm-hmm. So now we're at that same point as the fall equinox for the Northern Hemisphere, spring equinox for those of you down under. And it's going to take us back a little bit, right, to what was going on right around the equinox for all of us. So our minds go back in time just a titch, right? What was the potential? What was the problem? What was the challenge? What, you know, what was going on? And then, uh, so Mercury sitting there at that point then is feeding into the sun in the trine to Saturn. So now, when I look at that, I think, what am I going to do, right? What actions now am I going to take? Because it would be real easy to sit back 
and do not much. <laughs> so back on your laurels, you know, whatever accomplishments you've already made during this period of time, or it can be used in a way to propel us to the next level, right? The sun puts a lot of light on the duty, responsibility, the structures, the forms, the paths not yet taken action on. Mm. So there's that. And then I, I kind of like Mars squaring Neptune. I know typically squares, we think challenge, but what's the challenge? Well, the challenge is really about aligning ourselves spiritually, right? Mm -hmm. With our inner self and then taking action, maybe more from what I know to be true inside rather than what is sort of, you know, the thing outside of me that is, you know, confusing or not clear. We mm -hmm. might all have to really trust ourselves in a way that maybe we don't always trust ourselves, right? Because the outer world isn't necessarily going to fulfill that promise for us at that point in time. And then Mercury opposing Jupiter. Those of us who already have anxiety overthinking uh, or are overthinkers, this is going to be a tough day because that opposition brings both of those key things, magnifying, amplifying, making it bigger, and Mercury thinking, talking, you know, so we, we want to be sort of, you know, <laughs> we, we want to be moderate. <laughs> thinking of like um, uh, really overthinking old BS, old stories. Right. Yes. Overthinking yes. those and really falling into believing them and because Jupiter ruling our belief systems and that, that thinking mind, which can get out of control really quickly. Um, yep. Yeah. And here's the thing in our human design that week, the earth happens to sit at the gate 51, which is on the ego or will center heart center. Yeah. And that is known as the gate of shock. Mm -hmm. And so it moves us to awaken some part of us that has, you know, not been uh, awakened before it initiates. It's almost like not initiating as in a new beginning, but an initiation into a new way of being perhaps, which does of course relate to a new beginning, but all of that week we've, we've been in that position of possibly being shocked. The shock is designed to move us more into our intuition. So mm -hmm. Neptune is pivotal in, yeah. in that relationship with Mars, but also in the relationship to the energy of that week in helping us stay grounded, but grounded through our intuition and not through uh, the thinking mind, but we will be tempted to be in our heads. Right. So not me. <laughs> no, never me. Right. I'm not uh, a Gemini or anything. Right. Oh, I know. <laughs> right? You're still a Virgo, even though your birthday is right there on the edge. So you're, you're ruled by the same little devil planet. Yes, I are. <laughs> so, yeah. I had definitely highlighted those, that those two days, I mean, yeah, there's the answer Christine's question. Yes, we were talking about the 10th, 11th and 12th of October, Christine. Yep. Um, so that that particular week. Um, I have. I mean, the uh, the next big one that I've highlighted is October 30th when Mars retrogrades in Gemini. Mars only retrogrades every couple of years or so. And so here we have this um, opportunity to to really look, the impetus to really look at um, our thinking minds, our feelings, our, our, I think of Gemini, I think of like, you know, we're always looking at the two different ideas, but also like um, their, their social behavior. Right. Social, right? Yeah, social, they're socialites. Yeah, they are socialites. They're social behaviors and, and what that might, so looking at ourselves and really actually taking the action to to do that, to, to look and think about ourselves and, and who we are and how we show up. I also wonder what it's going to do for learning, or maybe it'll be about integrating learning. Cause I always think of the Gemini as the learner, the, the teacher student. So I'm, I'm thinking that there'll be some implication toward maybe, maybe integration of learning or wanting to go in to learn and study and maybe having, um, uh, some solitude around that. I, I'm not sure if that yeah. is a proper 
a proper yeah, look at that because Mars is right inward, right less inward. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, Mars and at, Mars is always about action. And yes. when we put a fire and he's fire, he's a right. fire planet. I mean, he's ruling that kind of element. And when we put fire in an air sign, we have the fanning of flames. Right. Right. We have the potential for spreading creative energy, for spreading a message. Right. Mm -hmm. So we can all be very mindful. I think it would give us a great opportunity to be very mindful about what is the message that we are spreading. Is it coherent? Like, are we saying one thing but doing another? Are we spreading a message of love and uh, camaraderie and tolerance and acceptance? Or are we playing into the fears of, uh, you know, the other, right? The other where we're not very tolerant, we're not very accepting. So I think it's, it's going to give us a lot of opportunity to rethink, reimagine, rework, reevaluate. All those re-re-words um, come up in a planet like Mars that's retrograde in a sign like Gemini. I don't know that I can't remember when the last time was. I did look that up, I think, at one point. And it's been a long time since Mars has been retrograde in the sign of Gemini. Walking the talk. Walking the talk. I love it. Right? Yeah. Mars, Mars in Mars retrograde in Gemini. Gemini the talker. Mars the walker. Yep. Walking your talk, talking your walk. And I think it gives us all the retrograde itself, giving us the time to reform whatever is not in alignment mm. with what we're talking about or what we're sharing. And, you know, in a way, I think we all get to become teachers, right? And students yeah. at the same time. Teachers and students. Can, right? you, can you answer my question about what, how this, what are the implications around education? again, learning and teaching is, is it that topic itself or how about other subjects? You mean teaching other subjects or teaching or learning? Is there a, is there an additional hunger to learn in Mars and Gemini? I think there is. Yeah. And I think we're feeling it, you know, even now with Mars in Gemini, but not retrograde. Right. We had a young lady on the show the other day, she was like, I want to go back to school. And I was like, not surprised, yeah, right? I'm not yeah. surprised because there may be that feeling for each of us that we want to go deeper into the subject or we want to go back and finish education or we want to start on an education. So I've had a lot of people talking about that during this period of time. So I would look at from now until October 30th as the decision time. Right. What is it that you want to do? What are where are you going to take your contemplation? Where are you going to take your education? Because then once the retrograde hits from the 30th all the way through, I think it's January 12th of 2023, that where that's where you're not going to want to take necessarily new action, but that's the time you're going to want to dig into your studies. Exactly. I, I just made a little comment that two of my girlfriends, two very close girlfriends, just went into new areas of learning. Oh, interesting, right? Wow, you guys are like you're you're totally you're right on it. Gemini right thing. <laughs> you know what? And, and you know, it's, also, it's also important for people to understand where is this happening in their own charts, right? Oh, where yeah. does Gemini sit in your own chart? Because that's the house where the pressure to expand your knowledge or to walk your talk uh, is going to come into play. And that could look differently based on every house, right? Sure. If it's in the first house, it's going to be completely different than it is in the ninth house, let's say. Um, it's going to have similar themes, but different area of life that's being impacted. So you have to kind of know your chart in some ways. I think we always have to know our chart. I always say the more you know, the more you grow. I think that's it right. really helps. Yeah. And listening to shows like this, of course, helps. Yes. <laughs> and yes. before we totally forget this, on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, October 1st is the pre-launch date for the Energy Almanac 2023. The Energy Almanac 2023. Yay, Saturday. God, it seems like only yesterday we were writing it. I, I know. I know. It's, again, we, like we talked about time earlier in our private conversation, like time is flying. 
fifth anniversary energy almanac. And it is available for pre-sale, which means what? Tell tell everybody about it. Absolutely. If now's the time, I'll tell it. Saturday, we for October 1 through October 11, go get your copy of the Energy Almanac for $39, which is the price of the book this year. You'll get free media mail shipping from me. I'm going to pay your shipping. And you also get the ebook version for free, which is a fillable PDF. So all of the like writing pages, you can type it in if you want to, if you're using your ebook, your moon pages, which are journaling pages this year, uh -huh. you can just use the PDF and type it in and you can keep it on your phone so that you can always have your energy almanac with you. So, so that is a uh, $28 value for free. Get your energy almanac. We'll ship it to you in November. And I just posted the link to purchase the pre-sale in my chat forum Don't there. Don't do that until October 1st. The For code October. here is, I've been promoting this. There's a super secret, sexy, special discount code. <laughs> okay. <what is> it? <laughs> it's all about the words. It's all about the words. The code, Janet, if you would put the code in, pre-sale 23, all caps. Oh, okay. Pre-sale 23 is your super secret sexy special discount code. From October 1st through 11th. Yes, 1 through 11. Please go get your um, your book during that special time and you it's just to your benefit. And Sharon is did saying- you know, Did you will. notice the numbers there? October's a 10. Oh, I one, did. 10, 1 to 1, 1. I mean, it's all ones. New beginning. I, uh, I did try that on purpose. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> but that's okay. I do things like that on purpose too. Like I priced something just very recently so that it would come out to be an 11. Yes. I love my 11s. Right. 11s are great word. They're great numbers, great numbers for illumination, right? Yeah. Turning on the lights. Um, so everybody, October 1st is on Saturday and from Saturday, October 1st until let's see, the 11th is on a Tuesday, I believe. Yep. Through the 11th. Yeah. Get yours, right? Yeah. Other than and that, It'll go on sale. You can get yours, but they're not shipping until November. They ship November 1st? Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, in that first week of November, yeah. Now, if they do the pre-sale, will they get their digital copy right away? Immediately. There's the key, guys, right? If you want to look ahead and plan a little bit ahead, you can get your digital version by buying during the pre-sale and yes. get your hands-on version uh, in November when they ship. And I, Did I hear you say the shipping was free? That you're paying the shipping? You are going to get the media mail shipping for free on me. I'm going to pay that bill for you. And it's just going to zing right over to you. Amazing. Because you know what? Shipping things is very expensive. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's media mail. So it's not like it's going to come in two days or three days. But it's still, yeah. shipping is very expensive. And it went up again this year. So I was in line at UPS to return something. Uh, to Amazon. And there was a man in front of me who had a solar uh, panel, like a, I don't know, it was a solar cover of some sort for a pool. And it weighed, I don't know, maybe 20 pounds. <laughs> it was going to cost him 180 bucks. Oh my oh. word. He like, no thanks. And walked out. I'm, I I could probably drive it to wherever it was going for less, even with gas prices oh. as high as they are. So yeah, it's expensive. A book, of course, doesn't cost that much, but get yours October 1st through 11th. Yes. Then you get some bonus stuff there, free shipping. What's not to like about that, right? Please tell your friends too. take the link that she put up there and share that with all of your friends that you love. Okay. Yeah. And in the interest of transparency, that is my personal affiliate link. So please use that link. Because yes. then I am able to recoup some expenses, some money on my fork. Because Janet is our partner for the Energy oh. Almanac. Oh my gosh, that turned out so beautiful. Isn't it great? Yes, it is. A whole page. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, whole page. Yep. So Indeed. And that's something new for this year as well, adding some advertising space into it to you know, guide you a little bit on some of the people who are participating in the almanac. Absolutely. So a good thing there. Yeah. Um, now let's turn our attention to eclipses. Uh, phew, here we go. Um, I really need you to take the lead on this one. We, you okay. know, um, please, please have the floor. 
So eclipses are always what I think of as jacked up full moons or new moons, depending on which one we're looking at. And for October, we're looking at a new moon solar eclipse. So what I want people to think about, think about the dynamic of what goes on and in an, an eclipse. So in a solar eclipse, what is happening is the sun is being eclipsed, right? The moon passing in front between the earth and the sun is kind of blotting out, if you will, the sun for a short period of time. Well, what that allows us to do is to really see internally in a more clear way than what we can see sometimes with the blaring ego energy of the sun or the personality energy of the sun. So the dynamic itself of a solar eclipse is one that allows us to see more clearly from an internal perspective, what our next steps might be, where we want to go, what's real, what's not real, all those kinds of things. And again, depending on where it is in your own natal chart. Now, this happens to be a partial solar eclipse. That means that this, you know, the moon is only going to pass partway across the face of the sun. It's not going to be a total or an annular uh, eclipse or one where we get to see the corona around the sun. So it's it's less sexy when we think about it, you know, from an astronomical point of view, but from an astrological point of view, then we are able to retain some of our connection to our personality and our ego structure, but also see more clearly what's going on from the inside. There's that, right? Now, this eclipse happens to be happening, occurring at two degrees of Scorpio. Right. So looking into your own chart, look at see, look and see where two degrees of Scorpio is. Now, again, here's another mechanic thing of the eclipses. They always occur near either the south node or the north node. Right. So this is a south node eclipse. Mm -hmm. An eclipse near the south node is always going to have us looking at a couple of different things. One where are our gifts and our talents and are we using them in a way that is what we really want <laughs> or are we you know just doing things that other people want us to do and secondly what is the garbage that we're holding on to that we want to let go and release right so a new moon always gives us the new beginning the new steps we can take intention setting all of that and the partial solar eclipse backs that up, giving us more energy to be able to affect that change. But eclipses are sometimes difficult and they never happen just, I mean, the eclipse itself happens on a day, right? It happens on October 25th um, at 3.49 a.m. my time. So what time that that's why it's not visible on the west coast because the sun isn't even up yet yeah. uh for you on the east coast that's going to be 6 49 a.m don't know if the sun is up that early uh, late in the year getting there, getting there. Yeah. but people in europe and so forth they're likely going to be able to see this eclipse just because you don't see it doesn't mean it isn't happening right it is happening <laughs> um so when we're looking at that degree of, of Taurus, or excuse me, of Scorpio with the proximity to the South Node, you might be thinking about what do I need to release so that I can move forward? Mm -hmm. right, what do I have to let go of? What part of me is no longer serving my forward mo motion or my evolution of consciousness? And how do I set about releasing myself from it? So we have releasing built in in order to start a new beginning. Not particularly difficult, unless, of course, you're holding on tightly right. to, you know, old stuff. And, you know, the entire month of October is, in human design terms, in the spleen. It's taking place in the spleen, which is the center where every gate also has a fear field associated with it. The shadow, right? So the shadow holds sway in the month of October, it's, you know, perfectly fitting for Halloween to fall in October, because the entire month falls under that fear field. Mm. Now, what that means for some people is, you know, you're dealing with old fears, perhaps, right, you're dealing with a, a fear of moving forward, right? Some people are very afraid to take those next steps. Mm -hmm. They might fall off the cliff kind of feeling. 
and uh, other people are fear uh, they have their fear comes in different places that particular day oh i do i'm looking at it duh that particular day uh the sun will be at the gate 28 that's an interesting fear because in its lowest expression it's about what's the meaning of all of this that i'm doing right mm -hmm. it is sometimes a feeling of purposelessness and I think that a lot of people that are right around the age, you know, they're, they just post their first Saturn return. So maybe between ages 29 and 35, they may be hit the hardest by this particular energy as their own, I believe it was Uranus or Neptune were sitting at the gate 28 uh, when they were born. So, you know, some things may be coming up for that particular age group, but for all of us, the question becomes, what gives my life meaning? What makes me feel good? What makes me happy? What am I holding on to that is really like more like a noose around my neck? And not necessarily that's something that makes me feel fun and light and happy and letting it go, right? Letting it go. Um, the earth that day will be in the 27, which is a gate called the gate of nurturing. In uh, quantum human design, it is now called the gate of... I think it's called the gate of responsibility. Mm. It really speaks to that. It's our responsibility to self nurture. Um, the gate itself is really about how we take care of ourselves, how we feed ourselves, how we feed others, right? What feeds us, what sustains us, what makes us feel good. Um, and a lot of problems can occur there because we are often withholding nurturing to ourselves. Mm from a fear that we're going to look selfish, perhaps, or be overly self-centered, whatever that is, we're going to have to look at that as well, uh, because we're not being our own best friends. Mm. So sabotage is a part of all of that week. So it'll be an interesting eclipse to be sure. It will. It will. Um, I'm a little nervous about that one. <laughs> you yeah. know, when we're looking at those old fears, a lot of people, like, if you do the work, if you do the work through these eclipses and you really take the time to do get out your journal and ask yourself the hard questions, a lot can be worked out. Yeah. Um, but it still has to play out. Um, the coaching, the coaching hat comes on and I want to say like, have your tools ready. You know? <laughs> Definitely have your, really, tools you know, you know, have, have your emotional freedom technique or Silva method, have a method to soothe yourself as you go through the experience of addressing your old fears and, yeah. and and working through all of this. Pam, I just want to make sure you understand it's at two degrees, yeah. at two degrees, not 22 yeah. um, or 19. So you're far enough away that the eclipse, I mean, it's obviously going to hit the concerns of the eighth house, mm -hmm. but not as tight as it would if you were at, if you had bodies at two degrees of Scorpio. <laughs> that's going to be a different story. Now, the eighth house, of course, are issues around finances, perhaps joint finances, credit, debt, that kind of thing, inheritances, wills and legacies and all kinds of that, as well as it's a house of change or transformation. transformation yeah. No, because the eighth house is ruled by Scorpio, wouldn't, would that add an additional depth to what she'll experience? I think what she might experience, Pam, and we're talking to you in this case, is that the themes of the house probably play out in her life all the time. Oh, okay. The themes of Scorpio being the ruler of the eighth house, life for her is a, a series of transformations, uh, a series maybe of deaths and rebirths, because that's certainly a part of it. Um, so it's not unfamiliar territory, mm. but the maybe the solar eclipse shines a brighter light in some way or allows maybe the light being dimmed allows you to be more intuitive about what things need to be changed in your life. So I remember you said to me in my solar return, which is, I believe, relative to everybody, this eclipse is like getting a peek in the box because it's partial, right? You were like, it's opening Pandora's box, but you're getting to see and yet kind of take the information and work with it. You probably don't even remember saying that, but I wrote that down. No, I do. When you said Pandora's box, I'm like, did I actually say that in a reading? And I'm like, yep, I did. Because I you remember. Did. Mine, because you know I'm a note taker. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'd love to see the picture of your solar return map that you always draw because I'm guaranteeing that you had. It's not done. I'm working it out now, but uh -huh. I'm doing it in circles. I'm doing something different. I will show you when it's complete and it's going to be very large, like 16 by 20. Holy cow. So this is a woman that takes the, the readings that I give her and she maps them out. She puts them into picture form. And it's always very interesting to, to even think about doing that, much less doing it. And you do it every year when we do your reading. And I'm thinking about offering it as a service to my clients. Oh, good idea. Yeah. So you they would come to you for the reading. They would come to you for the reading. I will ha have the audio file, take the notes, and then map it out and draw it for them. Oh, my gosh. What a great additional service to give people. Yeah. But you get to do the readings. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, so anyway, so an eclipse, I, I mean, while I did, did say it was like, you know, taking the lid off Pandora's box, it's not that we're letting everything out of the box, right? It's not the full right. open it all up, right? right? We're being a little more circumspect. What is it that's in that box? What if I kept tightly held that I want to let out? And maybe, 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 maybe there's something I want to put back in that box. It's some part of me that I don't need, or that has been holding me back or keeping me from, you know, doing something I really love. So Pandora's box can work both ways, right? We can shove things in, or we can pull things out. What do you want to do, right? What, what's important for you? So then um, it's interesting timing wise, because let's see, Venus moves into Scorpio the day, two days before the eclipse on that Sunday, the 23rd. And then Mercury moves into Scorpio on the 29th. Mm. So then the eclipse being at two degrees of Scorpio. And then that all happening within one week puts a lot of focus in the Scorpion sign. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the few signs. In fact, I think it is the only sign that has a sort of tri-level experience that can be a part of it, right? We can play the role of the Scorpion. Passive aggressive, stinging ourselves rather than doing what we need to do, you know, or <laughs> conforming in any way. Um, or we can rise to the level of uh, the eagle mm -hmm. and the eagle being able to see from a higher vantage point, kind of getting a bigger survey of the land, being able to choose from a wider view of what things we want to do or what things we don't want to do. And then finally, moving into the phoenix, which is immolation, burning the fire, the dross, and rebirthing. So there's the potential there for a lot of real goodness if you can get yourself out of the shadow of scorpionic energy, which is revengeful, which is grievance, holding on to old grievances, old hurts, old baggage, hoarding stuff, right? Oh. Angers. Right. A lot of stuff that we hold comes from the lower energy of Scorpio. And when we let it go, then we're free to arise to the level, at least of the eagle and see things from that higher point of view. Yeah. Let's all rise up. Yeah. Uh, J-Lo, my core wound in Capricorn in the eighth. Core wound. Are you speaking gene keys then? I think J-Lo probably. Um, and that's an interesting place because it's about reputation. Mm. It's about beauty and diligence and uh form and structure having the goal setting the, the 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 steps in place to achieve your goals that kind of thing yes she's speaking gene keys there uh at the gate 10 line five is what i think she's saying there so the 10 is about self-love doing the taking the steps that are the most loving that you can give to yourself that's a big lesson for all of us too i think Oh, self -love, yes. right not something we usually think of in the whole aspect of um <laughs> scorpionic energy but very important its opposite point is taurus mm -hmm. and taurus will be the host of the next um eclipse which That's is true. a full moon lunar eclipse on november 8th so we'll be talking about that next month but um that's a powerful one too absolutely on election day i think it's fascinating isn't that the second time we've had an eclipse on election? Day? It is. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, I'm blown away. I think, the, I think um, when Biden got elected, there was an eclipse that. 
I think there was at that election, which is why I thought he would win rather than Trump because of the power of eclipses to bring in change. Yep. So that makes me go, hmm. Yeah. Hmm, what's going to happen now? <laughs> well, because this election is really about the Senate and the House of, uh, yes. uh, it's probably going to be changes in those two yep. chambers. I don't know if they're good changes or not, but, you know, well, I know. <laughs> we, can, we can often look to uh, our European friends for some of the presaging of things that happen here. And, you know, I just took note the other day that Italy made a move more toward, I'm going to use the word fascism, because that's kind of what the news is saying, but they've moved to a very more conservative level in government. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad because I don't know Italian politics, but it's often the way that Europe goes, the way the U.S. goes. Yes. Yep. Not always exact one-to-one, yeah, um, sure. but still that's something to look at. And that kind of gives me pause because of Saturn's move. Saturn in Aquarius was meant to move us away from the old and toward the new. So maybe towards a new conservatism. Well, that, that's how I would want to think of it, right? Yeah. yeah. A new conservatism that isn't about taking things away or trying to control people's behaviors through things like, you know, abortion or rights of, you know, voting rights and things like that. But how can we sustainably create together a world that we really want to be, that we want to be proud of? I want to um, take, I want to take the best of both sides and mash them together. Like the best mashup ever. <laughs> right. A, a, a political mashup. There we go. You know, and the thing about it is this, we have been on a, a long train of energy leading us to become more, and I'm going to use the word conservative, but that not as a political movement, right. but as a way to slim things down. Now, you can look at what's just happened in England with King Charles III now being on the throne, and his whole idea was to trim down the monarchy. Mm-hmm. I think the conservative movement here in the U.S. and maybe in other states and countries or countries around the world might be about trimming down the federal government or the, the uh, top-down kind of, of government, which then returns sovereignty or responsibility to the people. But that creates a whole quagmire, right? It's like anything else. When you swing from one side of the pendulum to the other, um, there's that time period where everything is upset and everything is crazy. And uh, I think that's a part of what we're feeling now is that we're swinging to a place where we all become responsible for our own actions, for our own impact. We become more sustainable in our use of money, um, uh, government and what have you. But that creates some blowback because of things like, and I'm not picking on welfare, but let's just pick on welfare for a minute, you know, where people became very comfortable in receiving that kind of aid. And then it kind of dumbs down, if you will, their their push to go out and do something for themselves to create their own sustainable path. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have that. So please, you know, it's just about how do we do that in a way that is sustainable for number one, but also creates a pathway for people to help themselves to become better. That is Saturn and Aquarius, right? Right. How do we cut the fat, but also help people to help themselves? Yes. Supporting them on that journey. So it's crazy because there that Saturn and Aquarius is the mashup or the smash up. I said, that yeah. I'm talking about. That's exactly, if you can take the bo- the best of both of those, it's like a political mashup that can work. All we need is some patience as we work the kinks out. And we've got to stop trying to do things the same way that we've always done them. Uh, yeah. What because is the it? results have not been positive in all, you know, sometimes we do things that are positive, but um, yeah. They're big problems. No lie. There are big problems. And, you know, some of you out there might be thinking, well, yeah, but what can I do in the face of all of this? Well, what you do is what you can do in your own life that creates um, more sustainability, more responsibility, you know, being responsive to your own world. 
and doing what you can to support your community. I mean, we all, you, you all have money, use your dollars to support the things that are near and dear. Um, you're not powerless. I will say like, I always, every time that I do a live, my, that's my own, I don't do this on your show, Janet, but, um, based off the African word Ubuntu, I always end my show saying, um, this show was brought to you by the letters U and I, you are who you are. I am who I am, but you and I are one. Your energy is affecting my energy. My energy is affecting your energy. And from my studies in um, quantum science, hmm. there are energetic threads going between yourself and the people that you are interacting with. So when you make a, a psychological change, energetically, you're bringing that out into the world for other people to feel. And so when you, when you make a mental shift or an emotional shift, I get to feel it. When, <laughs> when Janet feels better, I feel better and vice right. versa. So your little individual part has a collective impact, literally. So Absolutely. Don't, don't be thinking you're too small to participate. That isn't true. Everything you are, I also am. Right. Right. That's exactly right. That's perfect. That's a great way to uh, think of all of this. And, you know, don't discount as well the fear field during this period of time. Right. I just saw a comment about they want to eliminate Medicare and Social Security. That, you know, when you think of the, the biggest voting block in this country, so we're talking USA now, the biggest voting block in this country are the older people, the ones that are either on Medicare or Social Security or headed that way, like, you know, any day now, right? So it's a fear tactic to think about that that is planted in people that they're going to take away my benefits or they're going to take away something. Yes, it may change because probably it's not sustainable the way it is. That's, I think, the biggest thing is, right, Social Security is going to go broke. So what do we do about it? Mm -hmm. Eliminating it is probably not going to happen. In the bigger scheme of things, no one is going to go for that. Right. So watch fear and its impact, right? Because then we begin working against something instead of for something. Right. Oh, I and love that. I love that you said that. Work for something. Goal setting is a forward movement thing, not a looking back at fear. I yeah. love that you said that, Janet. You know, when they do uh, political uh, debates, I really want to be the moderator someday. I want to be on that stage and I want to yes. say, you know what? I don't want to hear all the bullshit about what you, uh, about your your uh, other candidate and or your opponent and what they've done and what they didn't do and how they couldn't do it. I want to hear what you are telling me you're going to do. What are your goals? What are your visions? What do you see as the uh, road ahead? Don't tell me what XYZ over here did wrong. I don't care. I'm asking you. And then I would want to say the same thing to the other candidate. Don't yep. give me all the mudslinging because that is no purpose. No purpose. Except to create fear and confusion and craziness to get, you know, a vibe going. But instead, focus on what can you do for me? What can you do for my country? What can you do for my state? What can you do for people? And we've got thinking in the other way. We have to. We have to, have to, have to. So, well, any last thoughts about October? Because we're now looking at 9 a.m. almost. <laughs> I know. I can't believe how quickly this went by. Um, in the famous words of my dear father, the health medium, <laughs> <laughs> hold on to your panties. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's all going to be okay. And, you know, have your tools and your resources, uh, a very age of Aquarian thing, like find your tribe and lean in. Um, yes. I, I find Janet to be an amazing tribe leader. Uh, stay close and hug your family. It's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. Even if it looks like it's not going to be okay. Remember, you have the power, right? It's all up to how your attitude is, what you, how you view what's going on is really going to, to, to drive your experience of whatever is going on in the world. So that'll have to be it. Uh, thank you so much, Tam, for joining me. Don't forget October 1 through 11 
use the link here. I'll also post it on social media so that you can get your pre-sale version of the Energy Almanac's fifth edition, fifth anniversary edition yeah. uh, for 2023. Thanks so much, Tam. We'll see you again next month. Can't wait. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.